Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Coming up third, Liz Bird up the inside. Rock Diamonds, wow! Four of them. Here is Rock Diamonds and Mitchell Cushing. They win the gold cup in soccer. It's American history. Try to dig in on the outside endeavor. Tuned in to the official podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing Post Time with Mike and Mike, with your host, Mike Carter. Number 1000 for the third time, Aaron Merriman wins. And Mike Bozich. Down to the finish. Turn it a game win in the Betsy Ross over Caviar Alley and Apple Bottom Jeans 've got another fantastic edition of post time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association set to begin we have a tremendous show on time for you today Mike Bozich will be joined by Michael Carter here in just a couple of minutes but all eyes on the Meadowlands come Saturday as it is yet another edition of the Meadowlands pace and it is going to be a fantastic race certainly a star studded a uh, group of horses will take place uh, in race number nine, going for $636,000 plus. And we are going to talk to some of the major participants in the Meadowlands space. Driver Tim Tietrich, who will have the reins on, in my opinion, one of the uh, quickest growing horses, one of the hottest horses in all of harness racing as of the present, Ali Wagannable. We're going to have a chance to talk to driver Tim Tietrich. He had a chance to drive him in the Pennsylvania Cyrus Stakes, and I just thought that was a sharp, sharp effort at Aaron's Philadelphia, drawing off to win in 150-4 and four with a 27 close. He's been perfect so far this season, and Tim Tietrich keeps the drive. Dave Miller will keep the drive on number nine, Poppy Rob Hannibal. We're going to talk to Dave Miller uh, about Poppy Rob. It's a point he just, he just grew swell once again, didn't he? He draws post 10 twice in a row. And now he draws out in post nine. So we're going to talk to Dave about 
uh, how well Poppy Rob Hanover has uh, drawn over the last couple of weeks, including in the big dance. Plus, we're going to talk to trainer Nancy Patton. She is going to chime in not only on all of her charts. It's going to be a busy day for all three uh, participants, certainly on Saturday. Nancy Tactor, of course, with one of the sharpest-looking horses, tall, dark, stranger, did it again in 148-1, winning his elimination. Uh, He's only lost one time. So, um, well, the Breeders' Crowd uh, disqualification moved up the first. But still in the record books, it counts as a win. Wonderful, wonderful horse. Wonderful three-quarters of a million dollars as a two-year-old. And we're going to talk to Nancy Tactor about that, plus all of her prospects coming up. We've got Tim Dietrich in the on-deck circle. We're going to get this thing rolling right after this. You've got Post Town with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association. Back after this timeout. Hey, racing fans. We all know the ride begins well before the starting gate. Stay warmed up around the clock at PennHorseRacing.com, your home for all things harness and thoroughbred racing. PennHorseRacing.com gives you the inside track on betting, industry events, breeding, news, and more. You know, everything that'll give you an edge come post time. Visit PennHorseRacing.com today. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. Family property call 1-800-GAMBLER. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. By the United States Trotting Association, Mike Bozich here, back with you, driver Tim Tietrick is joining us on the program now. Timmy, a big, big day coming up on Saturday. But, uh, hey, man, it's great to be back racing, isn't it? Is it ever? Yep. Uh, you know, it's uh, great to be back to work right, full-time. And, uh, like you said, Saturday's uh, setting up to be a really great day for harness racing fans. All right. Let's start. Uh, we're going to talk about your drives in the stink races coming up on Saturday at the Meadowlands. We're going to start right in race number three. We'll take him in order. The uh, Del Miller Memorial three-year-old Philly Trotters. And you're driving a horse by the name of Shishito. This is a horse that you had a chance to drive in the Reynolds. She finished an even fourth against Sorella, who's just turning into a beast for a trainer Nancy Tactor. But tell us a little bit about Shishito and maybe what you learned from, from uh, that drive last time out. You know, I was actually pretty impressed with her last week. I got kind of in a bad spot, and uh, I could have come first up. But with uh, Yannick's around the front going such a slow half, I just elected to stay in and try to fight for another day. I, I think she'll be uh, putting in a really good effort. All right, we're going to move right along to race number five. Going to kind of be a quick hit segment here, the Stanley Dancer Memorial. And uh, you were actually named on two horses, Hollywood Story and Capricornus. Which one did you choose and uh, and why? I took Capricornus. Um, you know, I've, I've stayed with him all along. I had drove him all last year. Hollywood Story has had a good year this year so far, learning how to race. But I just think Capricornus has got a little bit uh, more upside, a little more seasoned. And with the uh, Hamiltonian less than a month away, I'm – Sticking with Capricornus as now. All right. Obviously a bad uh, post draw there, post position number nine, but did leave four position. 
Uh, it got shuffled just a little bit last time, and, and uh, that race was kind of one from off the trot. Uh, out in post nine, going to be kind of tough for you probably. Yeah, it's probably not the best spot. Um, you know, we're probably just going to try to get him a little braver from last week, and hopefully on the first Saturday in August we can have him uh, firing on all cylinders. All right, race six is the Mistletoe Chalet. Again, uh, you're going to have to work your magic from post nine, this time with a very nice Philly Lion Sentinel. She just uh, cleaned up as a two-year-old winner of over $800,000 last year. Uh, she made her first start of the year in Pennsylvania Sire Stakes action last time, cut the mile, finished second. She should she should certainly move forward here a little bit today. Oh, definitely. You know, she got beat by a very good mare, Linda Descanos, last week. I actually picked the one that beat me twice over in Lent Lions Sentinel last year, early in the season. Um, you know, so no shame in that. My mare's first start, and I think Linda's second or third. So, you know, with the COVID stuff, it's kind of pushed everything back for Lions. She hadn't got to race it yet, and this will be her second start, and I expect a good effort from her. Race seven is the William Houghton Memorial. Uh, this is a, a TVG free-for-all main event this uh, for uh, the older age paces. And uh, your drive is number five, Backstreet Shadow, high percentage winner with 10 of 22 last year, five of eight. You drive this one for the Burke Brigade. Uh, Burke Brigade. Uh, certainly gets post-relief uh, from his previous start, where uh, once again he was saddled with post nine. Yeah, he, he raced good last week, got beat a length, you know, in 48, 26 and a piece home. And uh, he actually scoped a little dirty, some allergies and stuff, they said, so. You know, if he gets back on his right form, you know, he's one of the top free crawlers in the country right now. So, you know, and he, he likes to flaunt his speed, and when he gets loose on the lead, he can be hard to catch sometimes. Moving along to the Hamiltonian maturity, and this uh, certainly an interesting race because you've got 13 horses. You're going a mile and an eighth. You had your choice of a couple of horses there. You choose uh, Reign of Honor for trainer Marcus Melander, and uh, Dave Miller's been driving a Reign of Honor. Tell us what you know about him. Uh, not too much. You know, I've watched him. He raced really good last week, finishing second to Jim Panzee. Um, you know, again, it's a, it's going to be a wild race, 13 horses. So, um, you know, with the post draw, I just took the inside horse there, and he looks like he's in good form. So looked like he was my best shot to get money there. Now let's talk about the Meadowlands pace. It's race number nine. What a great, great field of three-year-olds, $636,000. And You've got the drive on the horse that I believe is uh, is probably the hottest horse in harness racing right now. Alley Wag Hanover just steamrolled from the back with uh, Dave Miller in the bike uh, in a couple of overnights at the Meadowlands. Then at Harris, Philadelphia, uh, in that Pennsylvania Sire Stakes, it looked like he just drew off at Will and Tim. It looked like you had plenty left in the tank. Uh, he was super. Yeah, you know he he did that like he was going a mile in two two minutes. You know he felt happy and. He's got a lot of high speed, and, uh, you know, he, that horse has come back just excellent. You know, I think I'm definitely the, the sleeper in that race, you know, with the best shot to beat, you know, a tall drink stranger, which is not going to be easy to do. He's a great horse. But, you know, I, I'm, in, I'm due inside of him, and, you know, I, I've got options there. So, you know, I, I think my horse is going to open up eyes on Saturday. All right. Of course, you are the king of the Meadowland space. Uh, race number 10, the Dorothy Houghton. Uh, and obviously, you know, one of one of the, our favorite subjects, uh, the Queen Sharpen. Uh, she was scratch injured out of an overnight back on the 5th at Harris, Philadelphia. Thankfully, that was uh, certainly a, a, not a serious thing. Uh, she's uh, back in the box here. Uh, you know, you, a couple of other mares that you're kind of familiar with, Better Joy and, 
And so Burning Love, who actually really impressed me uh, over her last couple of starts. But, uh, I mean, what more can you say about Sharkle? Uh, you said it all right there. Um, I heard from my I talked to Jimmy, the trainer there yesterday, and he called me. He said, "Tim, she trained as good as she's ever trained, so um, she's happy, ready to go." And you know, it's just a small foot issue there. She threw a shoe the night at Yonkers there, stepped on a nail, and you know that they're very cautious with her, which they're supposed to be, and they just did the right thing. They didn't want to race her back and that quick, and you know, so the doll systems are go. She trained great yesterday or Tuesday, Jimmy said, and so I'm expecting great things out of her. What in that field is so packed. I mean, for a eight horse field, there's yeah. some, you know, there's, you know, that that race might go 46 if everything gets fired up right. Yeah, certainly. Race number 11. Uh, one more to ask you about it is the uh, William Hunt Memorial again uh, for the older Pacers, second division of that particular race, and uh, you've got the drive on it. Don't tell me again. And uh, this is a horse that Jordan Stratton drove this horse last time at the Meadowlands, finished seventh, only three and a half lengths out uh, to Western Joe. But the start before that, thought the horse raced okay from post seven, sure, good speed, and uh, finished pretty decent to uh, G's Joe and Central in that race. Yeah, you know, this horse has got a lot of bad class. When, if, if Jimmy can get him on all cylinders firing, he, you know, he's a good horse and top pre-crawl contender, so – you know, um, again, I, I think he's in a spot where he should be able to fly on his feet a little bit and, you know, be there at the end. I know he, he found a few things after last week. He was very disappointed in him last week, and he found a few things he thought might help him. So we're hoping for good things from Meatball, as we call him, Meatball. All right. It's going to be a big day coming up on Saturday. Uh, Tim Teacher at the Bionic Man going to be a very, very uh, busy guy. Best of luck to you come Saturday, and we'll see you a little bit Today's later on. Today's kind of a big day for you too, right, Mike? Today's kind of a big day for you, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, listen, the, old, the older we get, we don't talk about birthdays anymore, you know? I mean, <laughs> you uh, know, when you get up to the 40s, right? you just kind of hope with those, they don't come anymore. <laughs> yeah, you just stay 28. I'm always going to be 28 from now on. You are the man. Well, you got that baby bro. face. Look, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna look like you're 20 years old all the way until you're about 80. From God's words, give me out of your mouth, buddy, right out of your mouth. <laughs> I'll see you, Tony. All right, buddy. Have a great day. Bye. But, all right, that was driver Tim Teacher. He's got a busy afternoon coming up on Saturday, Meadowlands Pace Day. So does our next guest, the Hall of Fame driver, uh, Dave Miller. We're going to bring him on here in just a minute, plus Nancy Thompson points to the top of the hour. And we're also going to have Pat Woods on the program. Pat Woods uh, from Windback Farm of Ontario. It's that time of year again where we have to start talking about yearlings. That's right. It's that time of year again. And, uh, boy, uh, a lot of excitement uh, breed farm is going to start to get very, very busy uh, preparing yearlings for the sales. And we're going to talk to Pat Woods about that in just a couple of minutes. So busy show still remains. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by the USTA. Dave Miller is up next. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net. Here comes the charging moa, charging hard at the 6th minute Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? 
Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check with the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. I'm post time with Mike DeMont, presented by the United States Toronto Association. Mike Bozich, Mike Toronto, going to be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. Right now, we are joined by the Hall of Famer, one of our uh, favorite guests every time he comes on the show, our man Dave Miller. Dave, what's going on, my friend? Oh, not much. Just uh, getting ready to go to Chester here this morning. All right. Yep, we got the action coming up at Chester, but a big, big day coming up on Saturday at the Meadowlands. Just a uh, Tremendous, tremendous card, and uh, of course, as expected, you're going to be uh, very, very busy with uh, with drives in pretty much uh, each and every stakes race. We're going to start though, Dave, in the Stanley Dancer Memorial because one of the awaited returns of Real Cool Sam, and he is back. He's making his first start of 2020 right here in the Stanley Dancer Stanley Dancer Memorial. Just an outstanding two-year-old year. Missed the Winter Circle only one time in ten starts, banking nearly half a million dollars. Coming off a trio of qualifiers, one we don't want to talk about because he broke, but the other two look pretty good. Tell us how he's coming into it. Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, he got a slow start, so uh, they didn't get the training near as uh, much as they would have liked to. And uh, the first qualifier, he was just too rank. And then the next two, he actually qualified very well. We were real happy with him. Uh, you know, we're, uh, we got a positive attitude going into uh, Saturday. Uh, not, you know, we're not saying that he's going to be super sharp, but you know what, we're headed in the right direction. Yeah, certainly, and the in the in the rail draw certainly does not hurt. Of course, he'll be an action in race number four. Dave, let's move along to race number five. Uh, this is the Stanley Dancer Memorial for three old Colton Gelding Trotters at uh, your drive here. The horse here, pretty familiar with Chestnut Hill, uh, was driven by George Napolitano in the Pennsylvania All Stars last time. It made a a heck of a move. It was kind of an interesting race, and then he broke right towards the end of that. But the last time you had a chance to drive was at the Meadowlands at an overnight one and one fifty three and one with a twenty six and one close. What can you tell us about Chestnut Hill? You know, he's he's come back really good this year. You know, uh, it, he uh, he matured a lot, and uh, mentally and and physically, you know, he always had talent. But uh, you know, he just seems to be a stronger horse. Uh, 
I'm real happy with him, and uh, I I think that you know he'll he'll have a really really good season. Race number six is the Mistletoe Chalice for uh, three-year-old Philly Pacers, and you had your choice of a couple in here: Marlowe Hanover and uh, Baby. You're the best. Didn't see who you had a chance to choose. Which one out of the two did you choose, and, and tell us why? Um, I took Baby. You're the best. She uh, she seems to be the sharper of the two fillies uh, right at the moment. I know she drew she drew outside, but uh, uh, we raced her there at uh, Chester, and she won really really handy. And then we she went to the Meadows uh, last week and uh, put in a heck of a race to be second. Uh, just got beat ahead, and uh, you know uh, honestly, if she didn't drew the ten hole, I I, I thought. She had a real good chance in there, you know, of, of winning the race. I still think she'll put in a real good effort. It's just going to be tough to overcome the outside, you know, a lot of traffic. Yeah, no question about it. Post 10 can be tough sometimes. But, hey, that's why you get paid the big bucks. <laughs> you got to navigate you know, <laughs> those kind of things. The William Hout Memorial Race number 7. You're driving a horse for uh, not three and more by the name of Century Pharaoh. Uh, got shuffled to oblivion last start in that graduate in what was uh, just a, a weird race, the way the, the whole thing worked out, a lot of action, a lot of activity. But I'll tell you what, Dave, two starts back uh, in the graduate where a black hole came from off the pace to just nip Century Pharaoh. He just raced lights out. Yes, yes, I totally agree with you. I, I, uh, oh, last week I was so discouraged. I mean, uh, you know, you, you you got a horse, you're coming into a race and you know, he's in good shape. He's sharp. And, and, uh, like I said, he never, never got a chance to race. And I ended up, uh, backing him out, which was the wrong thing to do. I the whole thing was a disaster. So, uh, um, he, he drew the four this week, you know, and, uh, I'm one thing I'm going to do is keep him in the clear. That's for sure. You know, uh, I, I think the horse is, uh, he's got a real, real good chance. I, I, you know, I think he's got a real good shot of winning that division. I, I uh, I was really impressed with him there, his first start, like you said, and uh, I definitely didn't hurt him last week, that's for sure. <laughs> race number eight coming up. Uh, uh, speaking of weird races, Hamilton Maturity, always a very interesting affair. You've got 13 horses. You're going a mile and an eighth. But uh, Dave, uh, obviously another weighted return, uh, making her four-year-old debut when Dove Scry. She had 644000 last year. She's, uh, she's going to be a millionaire very, very soon. She did 935000 And uh, I had a chance to see her qualifier uh, last week at the Meadowlands, and uh, she looked very, very good. Uh, looked like you had plenty left in the tank, and that was coming off of a previous qualifier of 52-2. and two. Tell, us, uh, tell us how you think she's coming into uh, her 2020 debut. Oh, she's she's come back really good. You know, I I never got to uh, to race her or sit behind her until this year, and uh, you know what? I'm I'm just been impressed with her every time. Uh, I'm really excited about racing her Saturday night. I mean, if she lives up to what I think she can do, uh, I I think uh, should be another horse that we'll be talking a lot about. She uh, she's just been uh, she's just been a pleasure so far. All right, let's talk about the main event, race nine, the Meadowlands space. And, uh, boy, Poppy Rob Hanover, he, he draws fantastic once again. Um, about in post position number nine, this is off of back-to-back uh, ten post, uh, post position ten draws. And, uh, well, I'll tell you what, I <laughs> you talk about a horse that just does not have any luck as of late uh, with the post gods. 
he is certainly one of them. But nonetheless, just uh, in my opinion, a super talented horse. Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, we we haven't seen the best of him yet. You know, and I I uh, I hope Saturday night goes well. You know that. You know what? There was two two spots left, the one and the nine, and uh, sure enough, he got the nine. And uh, um, I would say he's coming into the race in good shape, uh, pretty sharp, um, but he's got to overcome the post. And uh, you know what? I I could see the horse winning. You know, I I I, I wouldn't count him out. That's for sure. I mean, he's a he's a tremendous horse with a lot of uh, a lot of ability, and uh, I just don't think we've got to see uh, his best race yet. So. Uh, Hopefully, um, I'm hoping, you know, that, that things go smooth for him Saturday and uh, he puts in a good effort. Dave, one more race to talk about is the uh, William Hart Memorial Race, number 11, second division of that particular race, going for $123,000. You're driving uh, the Virgil Morgan horse, our major band, and this is a horse that took a lot of attention at the wagering windows last time and made a break right at the start. Uh, I don't know if there's uh, anything you could learn from a, an, uh, a, a, a situation like that, but uh, tell us what you can about uh, our major dam. Uh, you know what? Um, my cousin Brett actually was racing him there in Ohio, and right. he called me about the horse, and uh, um, he told me that you know, he said he's a bit bit rough to handle handle at times, you know, especially like getting there to the gate and getting out of there, and. Uh, I, I wasn't having any problems with him, and I got him to the gate, but he was on one line. Uh, he was locked on the left line. He wasn't steering very good at all, and I, that's the only thing I can come up with the reason why. I mean, he went right to the gate and had his nose plastered on the wing, and uh, when the gate folded, I thought he would just march right out of there. We took off running, and uh, I guess they did add a piece of equipment to him um, uh, to try to help me to control him, and I, I think it just made the horse mad. So I'm sure he won't have that on this week. So, uh, you know, that horse has got a lot, a lot of back class. And uh, you know what? I am, I'm, I'm thinking he'll be fine still. You know, it, he, he's kind of a one-way, one-type run horse. You know, and that, that might not agree with him out here at the Meadowlands, but um, that was not like him at all to uh, make a break. I mean, uh, I'm sure it was just something that uh, had him, had him whacked off. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, All right. Well, listen, you've got a big day coming up on Saturday. Uh, Great, great program uh, highlighted by just uh, what I think is going to be a spectacular Meadowlands space. Dave, as always, uh, much luck to you coming up on uh, Saturday, and we'll see you a little bit later on at Chester, my friend. All right. Thanks, Mike. See you guys. Bye. All right. That was driver Dave Miller, the Hall of Famer, the Buckeye, uh, Dave Miller, and uh, the busy slate coming up. On Saturday. So lots left to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association. Nancy Pactor is in the on deck circle. She's going to have a busy day with multiple charges, multiple prospects, and uh, a, a lot of different stakes races coming up on Saturday. So we're going to talk to her. Plus, Pat Woods, we're going to get into some yearling conversation. Pat Woods from Winback Farm of Ontario. And we're going to talk about what's going on up there. You've got Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Toronto Association. Back in a moment. 
join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit winnerscircleracing.net. That's winnerscircleracing.net. Here comes the charging mower, charging hard at Every year, the Harness Horse Youth Foundation travels the country to share the love of harness racing with the next generation. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation educates, introducing youth to new friends and opportunities. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Learn how you can support bringing kids and horses together, building a stronger future for the sport. Visit hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Southern Oaks has been the winter home of many great horses competing in several different stakes programs. It's home to leading trainers such as Irv Miller, John Shane, Eddie Lohmeyer, and Ian Moore, just to name a few. The farm is conveniently located within 45 minutes of both the Orlando Airport and Daytona Beach in sunny Florida. Southern Oaks, arguably the best training service in all of Florida, has stalls for rent for the winter season. For more information, visit southernoakstraining.com. That's southernoakstraining.com. We are back on First Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Bozich with you on this beautiful hey. Thursday morning. Right now, we're joined by trainer Nancy Factor. Nancy, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. Well, Nancy, you've been busy. Saw the interview that just got did with you on the Facebook. That was a fantastic interview. You've got a busy day coming up on Saturday. And, uh, hey, this is, this is what racing is all about, in my opinion, come Saturday. Just great horses. Great, great card, all competitive races. You're going to start in race three with, uh, and we've talked about, I just said Alleywag Hanover is one of the hottest horses in harness racing. Another one of the hottest horses in harness racing, no question about it, is Sorella. The three-year-old filly, she just looked phenomenal in her last start. She draws post one. You also got Panama in there as well. Tell us a little bit about Sorella and how she's training coming into the race. Uh, she trained back really good this week. She trained a little bit yesterday, um, just a light trip. And, you know, she came out of the race really well. Um, she will race with shoes this week. She raced barefoot last week, but she's going to race with shoes this week. And um, all seasons seem to go with her. She's super nice, silly, very professional, easy to be around. Tell us a little bit about Panama. She draws post five. She finished second to Sorella in her last start. She gets a bit of post reading from her last start as well. Yeah, um, I was actually really happy with how she trained back after that race. Uh, probably, you know, one of the best training miles she's ever had in her entire life this past Wednesday. Um, obviously, post, she's been drawing a little bit bad. So, you know, five is definitely better than eight. I think she tried her back half in 53 and four last week in a 51 mile. So, you know, there's a little bit of post position relief. I think she could be right there on the wire with a good trip. 
looking ahead, Nancy, to race number five, uh, Stanley Dancer uh, Memorial for three-year-old Colt and Gelding Trotters. I had a chance to see uh, Ready for Money's race uh, qualifier back on the 11th, and I thought it was pretty good. 153 and 3, won four of eight last year, $281,000. How's he training? How's he looking coming into this race uh, come Saturday? Uh, ready for money is really nice Colt. He's uh, kind of new to my barn. He wintered down in Florida with uh, Domenico Cicciari and uh, Lindy Farms, um, and then he came to my stable. Um, really nice Colt. He's a ready cash, so he hasn't really had um, you know any fire stakes or anything like that uh, preparing for this um, for this race. So this will be his first race of the year, but. Coming in today is really good. Yannick, you know, the first week we qualified him, we just kind of sat with him and, you know, gave him a good mile around there. And then, you know, last week he was really good. So um, I think we should just go forward with that qualifier. And, you know, hopefully we can get it. You know, this will probably be his only start before the Hamiltonian elimination. So hopefully he puts in a good performance on Saturday night. Three-year-old Philly Paces and the Mistletoe Shilling coming up in race number six. You've got two of them and two good post draws, post one and post two. J.K. First Lady and Peaky Sneaky. Let's talk a little bit about J.K. First Lady. She's making her second start of the year. Her first was at an overnight event on June 26th, finishing third at 151 with a great close, 25-3. and three. Uh, Qualifier on the 11th. She looked phenomenal, I thought, in 49-4. and four. Tell us a little bit about her. Uh, you know, she came back really good this year. She's much more manageable than she was last year, and she's been finishing all of her miles really strong. I'm really happy with her. You know, the problem with her was kind of she has too much money made and you know too many wins, so it's a little bit hard to get braces for her leading up to this. So, um, you know, we only have that one real race under her belt, but um, she obviously raced really good in that start and came back and qualified really good, so she should be, you know, just fine this week. Um and as far as Peaky Sneaky goes, you know, she's been racing really well this this year. She uh, She's kind of made a good transition between two and three. She was always a little grossy last year, so she was never really clean-gated because, you know, she just has some growing issues, growing pain. So, but this year, um, she's really taken off onto a different level. So, I'm really happy with both those fillies going into the race. Race number eight, the Hamiltonian maturity, always one of the most interesting races on the program. A mile and an eighth. You've got 13 horses here this year, $464,000. You're going to be starting from the second tier with uh, Don't Let Them. Uh, your dad, Jimmy, is going to drive this horse uh, one and 15 to uh, last time. That was an overnight uh, against uh, some pretty good horses there, I thought. Uh, tell us about the uh, second tier starting spot, uh, first of all, and second of all, how are you coming into it? Oh, with Don't Let Him, you just kind of never know what you're going to get. I would just probably flip a coin before if you're going to bet him or not because, you know, usually he either wins or he runs. He's got a 50-50 chance. Um, he's not one of those horses usually that puts in a good performance and finishes third. So, um, But he's actually coming into the race really good. He was really good in that race at the Meadowlands. And, you know, my, my dad gets along really well with him, so I'm going to stick with him for now. And – as far as second tier goes, I don't really know how that's going to affect him because he's never been at the second tier before. But and he's, you know, sometimes he's had a little bit of issues leaving the gate and stuff like that. But you know, generally I train my horses in really big sets, so he's kind of used to starting behind other horses and stuff like that. So you know, maybe it'll work to his advantage. Who knows? But it's definitely going to be a great race. There's a lot of great horses in that race, and having 13 in there at a mile and eighth, I think anything could probably pretty much happen in that race. 
Speaking of a great race, I think this year's Meadowlands pace is a doozy. Of course, you've got uh, certainly one of the strong contenders, if not the one to beat him there in Tall Dark Stranger. He has just been phenomenal. He's only uh, he's uh, only missed the winner's circle one time in his career, made three quarters of a million dollars. I thought uh, responded well to urging when uh, getting a little bit of late uh, pressure in that Meadowlands pace elimination. I should say mild urging with just a couple of taps. Uh, but he's just uh, really – they're running out of great things to say about Tall Dark Stranger. Yeah, you know, he's just a great Cole, and I think that, you know, he's just going to continue to shine. He, you know, he'll only do as much as he needs to do to kind of get the work done, which is a little bit of a trait of better's delight. You know, they're not generally horses that win by 15 lengths super impressively. They kind of win and do what they have to do to win. Um, you know, I think he's better off cover, so I was happy to see him respond the way he did, you know, being on the front. You know, Yannick kind of had to make that decision, you know, coming out of the first turn, you know, either go forward or whatnot. But there was just a lot of traffic in the race. And in an elimination race, you want to make sure that you have a good spot for the final. So, um, you know, he was good on the front end. He, he's very versatile, and he's going to, he, you know, if everything is all systems go and healthy, he's going to put in a good performance. I'm confident in that. Nancy, one more to talk about, and then we'll let you get back to work. Race number 10. Uh, it is the Dorothy Houghton TBG Free For All. The Mare's Open. What a great, great field. And uh, Kiss It in the Sand. I got to tell you what, that 47-4 effort back on the fifth, that was a major, major uh, race. Followed that up with a, a 49-1 qualifier. And uh, she kind of got roughed up a little bit uh, there from post eight last time. Did pretty much all the work and, and uh, just got caught by Soho Burning Love. But, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, you've got to be thrilled with how she has come back in her five-year-old season. Yeah, she's been, you know, really good all year. She's filled out a lot from last year to this year and pretty much just matured a lot physically and mentally. Um, You know, she's always been a really good filly, and she's always had that high speed, and, you know, now she can carry her speed, you know, just with maturity. Um, It's going to be a good race, you know. She's also very versatile. You know, she could probably do it on the front or, you know, from behind. So, um, definitely going to be an interesting race for sure, but um, I'm really happy with, you know, how she's performing so far this year. All right. Well, Nancy, Tack, you've got a busy schedule come Saturday. It's going to be uh, certainly a lot of fun to watch. A great card highlighted by what is going to be a fantastic Meadowlands pace. Nancy, we certainly appreciate you joining us. All right. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. All right, that was trainer Nancy Tactor, another that will be busy coming up on Saturday. Just a great, great wagering card. Uh, you can have an opportunity to do TVG once again for the Meadowlands, so make sure you tune in. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic, fantastic program. Well, I just cannot wait for Saturday. This is uh, really what harness racing is all about. So lots left to come on this edition of Post Down with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association. Pat Woods from Windback Farm of Ontario is going to be joining us. We're going to talk some yearlings. That's right. It's getting that time of year again where uh, we're going to start talking more about yearlings, and we're going to get a jump on it with Pat Woods from Windback Farm of Ontario. We've got first time with Mike and Mike presented by the United States Trotting Association back in a flash.
Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. From the edge of your seat starts to the white knuckle finishes. Horse racing is truly a ride unlike any other. One that the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association intends to preserve in the Keystone State for years and years to come. From our breeders to track operators to you, the fan. PHRA is here to bring everyone together for the benefit of the sport we love and the majestic athletes we adore. Learn more about the PHRA's mission at PennHorseRacing.com. Brought to you by the Pennsylvania Horse Racing Association. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. The Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. Join Harness Racing's hottest and most affordable fractional group, Winner's Circle Racing. Winner's Circle Racing provides the total harness racing experience from the barn to the paddock all the way to the Winner's Circle. Come invest with us and experience 100% of the thrills at a fraction of the cost. For more information, visit WinnersCircleRacing.net. That's WinnersCircleRacing.net. Here comes the charging moa, charging hard, and on the We're back on post time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Mike Bozich back, and right now we're joined by Pat Woods of Windbank Farm, Ontario. Pat, we certainly appreciate you joining us. How are you this morning? Oh, I'm doing great. A uh, little little bit of rain up here, but we've uh, needed some to help the crops out a bit, so it's uh, not a bad day. All right, let's uh, let's get into. Uh, and I have to be honest with you, this really isn't a part of the industry that I know a whole lot about. It's something that I certainly want to learn. Uh, And of course, we're talking about the breeding process. We're talking about yearlings. It's getting that time of year where, Pat, we're starting to prepare uh, yearlings for the sales. Is that correct? Um, Yes. Yeah. We're just, uh, I know down at the Maryland farm, they're starting to bring in some of the, uh, the Lexington horses. Uh, Most of the Ontario ones will come in in uh, August. Um, Jim Ladwick will put a couple weeks in uh, down at the Maryland farm, uh, get them videoed, get them, uh, you know, their manners a little bit under control. And then he's going to send up to the Ontario farm here uh, 47 yearlings uh, to sell up here this year. Wow, that's quite a number. Tell us about the process 
and, and actually, let's go back to the the beginning, the the whole uh, breeding process. Why don't you start with that, and then we'll kind of work into how uh, we pre- uh, you guys prepare yearlings for the actual sales. Yeah. Uh, so the breeding process starts with uh, you know a, a conversation amongst uh, you know our team here at Winback and. We decide uh, what mares are going to cross well with which stallions. Um, you know, it's a big meeting, and Winback has a lot of uh, a lot of brood mares that we breed, so a lot of consideration and, and everything goes into uh, you know what we're going to decide on breeding. So you breed your mares. You know, they'll be pregnant for you know 11 months, and uh, we'll fold them out, and you know from that point you try to try to raise them the best way you can. Um, we'll wean them, and then uh, we start thinking about how they look and decide which sales that they're going to go into. Um, you know, that process is a big one in itself on trying to decide, you know, where your buyers are going to be and what they're going to be looking for. And uh, and then that moves on to the yearling process of, you know, where you start uh, bringing them in and getting your work done. And, you know, hopefully you, you do all of it right. You know, it ends up being a, a you know, a two-year process where um, you, you hope you pick the right yearlings for the right sales that the buyers are going to want. Yeah, and that's certainly a very, very, uh, it, it sounds like a an extremely intricate process. Uh, what goes into some of those decisions? Like, like what, are, what are some of the things um, that you say to yourself or you decide uh, or you, how do you actually pick which horses go where? Um, like a lot of times you, you go back on good crosses that have worked in the past. Um, you know, you start to see some trends with some of the older stallions on, you know, which, which have been proven successful. And I mean, you, you try to go and think, you know, what's going to be hot and, and you hope you're right. I mean, sometimes you strike out and other times, you know, you hit you hit home runs, knowing that you're bringing to sale the the most desirable um, offspring there is. Pat, from a seller's point of view, uh, especially uh, like just say for example that uh, I come into a, a ton of money and I want to go uh, buy some yearlings. What's what's some of the advice maybe that you can share to some maybe uh, some of the I don't want to say amateur, but maybe some of the newer buyers on, on what to look for in yearlings. Um, I, I think the, the key is is um, going out and going to the farms and looking at them and, and take a look at a lot of them. These sales, you know, there's guys that put a lot of time in um, going through them and taking second looks. Um, I always feel it's great to have an, an extra set of eyes go and look at them. If you really like something, you know, get someone you trust um, in this business. There's lots of good trainers. There's lots of good, you know, people out there that know what to look for and just make sure that your eye is, you know, telling you the right things. You know, there's lots of times where, you know, I'll look at something and think, wow, this is pretty good looking. And then someone else will come along and say, well, what about this? Or, you know, how about the offset knee or, and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 I missed it because I was too focused on looking at their back end or something like that. So, I mean, having an extra set of eyes is always a plus. And I've heard confirmation is obviously a big thing. It's what a lot of people look for. 
Pat, can you get can you get a little bit more specific as far as what to look for in in, in confirmation and the, the actual horse's physical appearance? Yeah, like I find the the modern day you know pacers and trotters are are very well bred. Um, people, we just don't have a lot that are horribly crooked or you know real offset. So I mean, all those little intricacies. Um, you know, you, you want to make sure that, you know, they're proportionate, um, that they've got a good back end on them. You know, you, you always look at the feet. You look how they, whether they toe in, toe out, whether that's going to obstruct them from racing. You want to make sure they have a, you know, uh, a good chest on them so that they'll clear themselves. You know, there's just a lot of little things. But, you know, a good eye in this business can can look at a horse and, and determine, um you know, what, what his little problems are and if they'll affect his racing abilities. You know, I, I think confirmation is, is very important. I think you start with, you know, a good athlete um, and they want to race. It just makes it that much easier for them um, to overcome any little little problems they have. Visiting with Pat Woods from Winback Farm, Ontario. Pat, give us a... Uh... Give us kind of a, a day in your life. Uh, tell us about uh, kind of what you do there and what your specific duties are going back in Ontario. Okay. Uh, so basically my job is to run the Canadian operation for Winback Farm um, for Joe and Joanne Thompson. Um, you know, the general manager, Garrett Bell. Um, that's who I answer to on a, you know, you know, daily basis, I guess we would say. Um, my job is to make sure our stallions are collected during the breeding season, shipped out, that everything runs smoothly. You know, our brood mares up here full out. Um, we get them rebred and then uh, look after the, the Canadian um, sale up here, which um, we're actually hosting now uh, this year. We've just kind of added a new sale. So right now I'm full on top of uh, getting the logistics down for this uh, Ontario Select Yearling Sale, which uh, is taking up lots of time right now. All right. Well, Pat, listen, well, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. It's uh, always uh, a very interesting thing all the way from the breeding to getting the yearlings prepared all the way into the sales and that it starts all over again. Pat, we certainly appreciate you joining us, buddy, and uh, best of luck to you, my friend. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, you know, always appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, that was Pat Woods, uh, the manager of Winback Farm, Ontario. We're going to wrap this thing up when we come back on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by the United States Trotting Association. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877-800-8782, extension 5555. All right, special thanks to all of our guests, Garvey, Tim Petrick, and Dave Miller, a pair of Hall of Famers, plus Nancy Factor, and, of course, Pat Woods from Winback, Ontario. Don't forget, 
big, big card coming up at the Meadowlands on Saturday. I'll be hosting TVG if you get a chance. Check it out, and we will see you next Thursday with the first post of 1030. Good night, everybody. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol to finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know.